This is the Intego Mac Podcast. The voice of Mac security. For Thursday, July 7th, 2022. On this week's Intego Mac Podcast, we have some observations on online shopping just in time for Amazon Prime Day. And how to run a Windows installation on your Mac for free. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast. Veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's Chief Security Analyst, Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm doing just fine. Do you know what's coming up next week? Some shopping day that uh, is pretty popular online. Well, I was actually thinking about some really important stages of the Tour de France, but there is also a shopping day online that is very important, and it is July 12 and 13. It's Amazon Prime Day. And... We were looking up the history of Amazon Prime Day, and it's kind of interesting. They started in 2015 to celebrate Amazon's 20th anniversary. Doesn't it feel like Amazon Prime Day has been around since, you know, the 60s or something? (laughs) Maybe not quite that long. I don't think Amazon's been around quite that long. No, but it feels like it's always been around. It doesn't feel like it's only, you know, seven years old now. And what's interesting about Prime Day is is I think Amazon did – two things when they launched Prime Day. The first was they wanted to have a way to promote their own products. Now, if you look on the Amazon website, they're constantly promoting Kindles and Fire tablets and all the other Amazon brand products. But they really go deep on Prime Day and Black Friday and and times like that. And they also wanted to get third-party companies to, you know, have products that they wanted to have on sale as well. And What's really interesting is to so this is the seventh year, and it's become something that is now so ingrained in the mind of at least Americans that other companies like Best Buy, Walmart, Target, and eBay are also having sales on the same days. I'll link to an article in Business Insider that talks about the many stores that will have their own Prime Day sales. It's sort of become like a mid-year Black Friday, Cyber Monday kind of thing. Except that it's on Tuesday and Wednesday, which is odd because it's in the middle of the week. You usually expect a shopping event to happen on the weekend. But it has taken on that existence beyond Amazon. It's very clever of Amazon to do something that big that has engendered competition from other retailers using their own name. Now, I don't think Target, Walmart, and others are going to call it Prime Day sales, but still, Amazon has created a summer sale. And it's not just, obviously, it's not just in the US, it's around the world. And of course, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be on sale. And so we want to help you kind of make sure that you're getting the right kinds of deals, that you're being careful about what you're choosing to buy. Um, Because even though this is Amazon, which is, you know, for many people, this is a trusted name, right? Oh, I can trust Amazon. They're a big company. You know, they vet things. You can't buy inferior products on Amazon, surely, right? Well, How do you spell gullible again? <laughs> <laughs> Trusting yeah. Amazon? Now, I will admit that I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon, and I trust that their customer service will resolve problems. But I no longer trust what they sell. Anything I look up, they give me results that are tangentially related to the brand or the product because they're sponsored results. And the other day, I was looking up a USB-C charger. I saw an article about Apple's new dual USB-C charger and that there are other brands that make similar things, Belkin, Anchor, et cetera. And I was looking them up 
And there's like 500 different Chinese brands all using the same photo of the same charger. And that to me is just, they've just oversaturated the search results. Yeah. Another problem that people might have is that certain products are just not as good quality as others. A lot of times you, you, you'll find inferior products that are just being sold as though they're regular, normal products on, on Amazon. As just a couple of examples, I've seen cables that were advertised as MFI, you know, made for iPhone, etc., that have actually not worked. As soon as I bought them, got them, I plugged them in, and immediately I got a dialog box showing up on the iPhone that I plugged it into that said that this was not a genuine Apple cable and you shouldn't ever get a dialog box like that. That's that's a problem. That means there's something really wrong with the manufacturing process for that cable. Another thing that I've seen before is dietary supplements come from all sorts of different companies. And you've got to be really careful when you're buying things like this, because even though you might think this is like really well regulated as an industry, it's actually not. And there can be dietary supplements that are just purely inferior. And Amazon doesn't necessarily do a good job of taking them out of the store, even if you report that uh, there's been third party independent testing on this product and it's inferior. It does not actually do what it says on the label. Well, one of the best things to buy on Amazon Prime Day is Amazon products. Again, Kindles, Fire tablets, etc. If you're if you're in a month or two before Prime Day or Black Friday and you want a Kindle, you got to wait because you're always going to get something cheaper. Now, I actually just got a new Amazon Fire 7 tablet delivered. I have never owned an Amazon Fire tablet. This is a brand new model that just came out. And it's got the latest version of Android, which is more recent than the other tablets. And I wanted to try it out and see how it works. But this one won't be on sale on Prime Day because it's too new. Yeah. Well, asterisk, latest version of Fire OS, which is Amazon's version of Android. Right. Right. Fair point. One thing I've noticed with Prime Day in recent years is the deals aren't that much better than Amazon's daily deals. There are a lot of things that you get in daily deals. I bought a new portable SSD, a SanDisk SSD, a month or two ago. It was on a daily deal. And if I look at Amazon daily deals here in the UK, every week there's SanDisk memory, SD cards and SSDs and Western digital hard drives. And there's always hard drives. I had a dentist appointment yesterday and my dentist said, you're still using a good electric toothbrush. I said, yep, got mine on Amazon daily deal because those Oral-B toothbrushes that list for $300 or 300 pounds, you get them for 50 bucks on a daily deal. These are things that are just, the retail price is just ridiculously overpriced. And of course, there are ways to find out if you're getting a good deal, aren't they? I know camelcamelcamel.com. That's a real mouthful. I hate saying it three times in a row, but the website is camelcamelcamel.com. This is a great site for looking up a product that's sold on Amazon and getting notified when it goes on sale. That can be really, really convenient, especially if you don't, you know, you don't sit there with your Amazon app open looking at lightning deals all day. Who has time for that, right? So it's nice to know when a product actually does go on sale so you can buy it at that moment and not before it goes on sale. Or you use it to check a daily deal to see if it really is a daily deal. Sometimes I'll see something in a daily deal, it's like, oh, I might want to buy that. And then I'll look at the price history on Camel, 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 and I'll find that, well, it was five bucks cheaper last week than it is now. So you get a history of items, and, and there are some that they don't 
really record very well, but you get a history. And as you say, you can get notifications. Another alternative to camelcamelcamel.com, if you don't particularly want to use a website to track this and you want an app, there's also an app for that. The app that I like to use is called Price Pulse. So the website is pricepulse.app. And they actually do have a Chrome extension, so you can do it through your web browser as well. And you can do the same thing. You just look up your, the products that you want to wait for a sale on, and it'll notify you as soon as a product goes on sale. So works out great. So here's an example. While we were talking, I looked on Amazon's daily deals and they've got a few microwaves on sale. Sharp, leading brand, common brand. And I've actually been looking to get a new microwave. Mine's 15 years old. And so this one is on sale today for, let's see, $75.99. The regular price is $89.99. But if I look on Camel, 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 well, in... Late last year, it was about 67. Earlier last year, it was about 63. So it has fluctuated between that 89.99 and 75.99 since the beginning of the year. But this is definitely not the lowest price in a long time. And that sort of thing makes me think, well, do I really need this? I mean, if I need it, then I'll buy it. But is this really a good deal? In other words, it looks like they're dropping the price every couple of weeks. Now, maybe they're doing daily deals of this particular microwave every couple of weeks, but you can see how much it fluctuates in the price history. And just one more thing about the name. I think it's really clever because it's a word that's easy to remember and three times makes it even better to remember. And you know how the cool kids talk about WWDC for WWDC? Maybe you should just call it Cam Cam Camel. <laughs> So we, we also want to talk about some security issues that are really important. You might see some Amazon Prime Day deals on Amazon or Best Buy or all these other stores, and they might not be really the best thing to buy. Just in last week's episode, we talked about a router vulnerability, and we mentioned that if your router's old, you should buy a new one. And this is a good time to check, but you need to make sure that the router you're buying is not too old and it's still getting security updates, right? This is a, a big problem I've found. It's it's not exclusive to Amazon. I've definitely seen this a lot on eBay, where sometimes the company, Amazon, eBay, whoever it might be, they'll actually promote deals or supposed deals on products that are actually so outdated that you really shouldn't be buying them anymore. That's kind of problematic. <laughs> iOS 16, macOS Ventura, they drop support for a whole bunch of different models of Apple hardware. And so you need to be very careful if you're looking to maybe, let's say, buy an older, maybe a used model of, of an iPhone or something like that, or factory refurbished or something, you might be tempted to get, let's say, an iPhone 7 because, oh, dang, look how cheap I can get that. But the problem is that, of course, that won't run iOS 16, which is coming out in just a few months. So that, that's just one example. That's probably more uh, something you'd run into on eBay. But there are a lot of similar things that you might run into on Amazon, where they might be pitching a product that isn't actually getting supported anymore or will be cut off very soon. Okay. One other thing to point out, we have an article, watch out for fake product reviews using FakeSpot. So FakeSpot is a website that analyzes reviews on Amazon and a number of other websites like Yelp. And, you know, you go to Amazon, you see this great looking thing, and it's got 4,000 reviews with an average of four and a half stars. But then when you click through and you scroll down, the first few reviews are one star. This is terrible. It broke after a week and all. It's kind of interesting that Amazon allows people to 
upvote reviews by clicking on the helpful button, and that often you get the bad reviews on the top. But you need to go through the reviews and see, well, what are the five-star reviews? What are the four-star reviews? But then you need to check how many of them are fake. I don't remember what I was looking to buy a few weeks ago, and I put the product into fake spot, and it got like a D. So it grades from A down to F, and it got like a D. And it's obvious that this means either it's manipulated, or there's a lot of these reviews that are like, arrived quickly, thank you. Or, you know, I don't know why Amazon accepts those reviews. One thing that I've seen is uh, products that have a bunch of five-star reviews, and it's sort of like a bell curve. Like, there's not very many four, three, two, and then it, and then all of a sudden back at the one, you've got the number shoots up again. So you've got a bunch of five-star, a bunch of one-star. That's that's another good indication that a product might be fake, even without using FakeSpot. Yeah. FakeSpot, I do use that as well. It's a great app that you can download for free in the, in the iOS app store. I definitely use this a lot. One of the things that I do when I'm shopping on Amazon, especially if it's for maybe a product that I haven't bought before, maybe I'm not familiar with a, a particular brand and I'm just kind of looking for products of a particular type. I will often enable the filter for only show me only products with a four star or higher. The reason that I do that, of course, is because I'm I'm hoping that this will filter out some of the junk that just doesn't have a lot of good reviews. However, of course, I'm also aware that some of the, let's say, shady sellers on Amazon might be putting out some fake products uh, or not good quality products and paying people to review them. And so FakeSpot is a great way to add an additional filter on there. So you, you get the four star plus results, but you should still also double check them just to make sure that there's not a bunch of fake reviews clogging the thing up and making it rank higher than it should. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to totally change tack, and we're going to talk about how you can run Windows 11 for free on an M1 or M2 Mac. Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users since 1997, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected in 2022. Indigo's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection, Net Barrier for powerful inbound and outbound firewall security, Personal Backup will keep your important files safe from ransomware, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Monterey and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. When you're ready to buy, Indigo Mac Podcast listeners can get a special discount by using the link in this episode's show notes at podcast.intigo.com. That's podcast.intigo.com. And click on this episode to find the special discount link exclusively for Intigo Mac Podcast listeners. Intigo, world-class protection and utility software for Mac users, made by the Mac security experts. Right. So this is a Mac podcast. It's the Intego Mac podcast, but we recognize that some people also need to use Windows. I have some software I work with where I need to use Windows because the software has a Windows version. When I'm writing about it, I need to check that sort of thing. And I understand that there are people using software that they need for their business or for specific tasks that need to run Windows. 
Right. Web developers, at least traditionally, have wanted to check out how websites are going to look on Windows as well. It's not quite as much of a problem anymore. I mean, the browser that comes with Windows now is Microsoft Edge, which of course you can also get on Mac. We don't have to worry about Internet Explorer compatibility anymore if you're developing a website. So it's less of a problem, but it is something that a lot of web developers often still want to do is just just to double check and make sure things look good in the Windows versions of browsers as well. I would think these days developers using websites that allow them to test their website with thousands of browsers and devices and all that, so they don't even need the virtualization anymore. Right. Yeah, there there are some websites that will do that for you that will like kind of take a screenshot and show you what it will look like when rendered in a certain per, a particular browser. But, you know, so there are other ways of doing this. In any case, people want to run Windows on a Mac. Now, you used to be able to do this with Boot Camp, and of course, Boot Camp isn't going to work anymore since since the M1 chip has come out. I wrote an article in January, how to run Windows on an Intel or M1 Mac. And the software I looked at to run on the M1 Mac was essentially Parallels Desktop, which is one of the two best known virtualization apps. VMware Fusion is the other. For some reason, VMware did not update Fusion to work on an M1 Mac, whereas Parallels did update Parallels Desktop. At the same time, I talked about software called Kimu or Kimu. It's Q-E-M-U. It's an open source virtualization system. There is a difference between virtualization and emulation, which is important. When you're emulating an operating system on a different operating system, that code is being translated. And so that means that it's running a lot more slowly. When you're virtualizing, it's code that's running on the same type of processor. And it's essentially just putting it in a box and running it with the same processor so you don't lose that much speed. So VMware Fusion and Parallels Desktop work as virtualization. So you could put a Linux distribution on your Mac and it will run at the speed of a Linux distribution. If you have to emulate Windows as the... What was the... Connectix app that was the first Windows emulator. Virtual PC, I think, is what it was called. Virtual PC. That was so slow. It was painful. Even just booting up Windows was painful. So we we looked at Parallels Desktop, and we briefly touched on Kimu, but we didn't go into much detail. I have a new article, How to Run Windows 11 for free, note that, for free, on an M1 or M2 Mac, because Josh pointed out some software that I did not know called UTM. Now, UTM is, I guess you could call it a GUI wrapper for Kimu, a lot of abbreviations in there. It's free. It's really free, unlike Parallels Desktop, which I just had to renew for 80 pounds a year because it's a subscription. So I said that you can run Windows 11 for free, and it's because Microsoft has a version of Windows 11 available as a Windows preview, so the equivalent of a public beta, that runs on an ARM processor, and that's the family of processors that Apple has for the M1 and M2. You can download it for free. You can download UTM for free. You can set this up. You can run Windows on your Mac. And I got to tell you, it's not bad. I've actually been running this for for several months. Windows 11, of course, uh, it's it's so funny to me. There's been talk for for months in the Windows community about Windows 11 and how it's going to require special hardware, and you know, you need the, a certain trusted platform module, which means that you need a new enough PC. But guess what? 
you can actually run it just fine inside of a virtual machine, <laughs> even on your Mac. It's kind of funny how Microsoft is doing that. But in any case, uh, I've been trying this out for a few months and it, it works really well. Right. Now, when you asked me to write this article, you said that you had a lot of notes, you had a number of problems setting it up and installing it. And interestingly, it was relatively easy. And, you know, when someone tells you it's going to be hard to install, you kind of expect it to be hard to install. And it was so smooth that I was surprised. It's a large download. It's like 275 megabytes. The Windows 11 is about 10 gigabytes. So it's a lot of download. I expected it to look clunky, like what was that other app crossover that can run games and things that none of them are very smooth, but this looked like a native Mac app. While I was waiting for Windows 11 to download, I looked in the opening screen of UTM and I saw this little button that said browse UTM gallery. And that got me curious. And they have this whole list of virtual machines that are already set up that you just download them and launch them. You don't really have to install anything. And there were all sorts of Linux distributions and there was Mac OS 9.2.1. Remember that with the control strip on the bottom? And I played around with that, obviously, just for nostalgia. I wasn't going to do anything seriously, but that was kind of fun. Yeah, this is actually pretty cool. And of course, in that case, that actually is emulation because, you know, Mac OS 9 was designed to run on uh, old uh, G3, G4, G5 processors. So <laughs> it's it's definitely not designed to run natively on M1. Uh, but back to, to what you said a second ago about how it was a little bit complex. And, and I thought uh, we probably need to like write a walkthrough of like how to do some of these steps. I think what happened is that between a few months ago when I was first playing with Windows 11, I think it was like the early insider preview version of it. And between then and now, there's a newer version of Windows 11 for ARM, and there's a newer version of UTM. And I think the combination of those two things, it's actually at a point now where it's relatively easy to set up. And if you just follow the steps in Kirk's article, um, it's it's really simple to get started with this. Yeah. So after you've installed Windows 11, you will come up to a bit of a glitch where you can't go any further because it can't get network access. And I explain what you have to do. You have to press shift F10 to launch the Windows command prompt, type something and then press enter and then restart. So it'll bypass that on the restart. Then you have to install something called Spice Tools. Now, these are sort of helper tools that you install in the virtual machine. They give you network access. They allow you to do things like copy and paste, things that you couldn't do otherwise. So there is that one little bump in the road as you're installing, but it's explained really clearly. The links are all there. I think the Spice Tools are another hundred some odd megabytes. So it is another large download if you don't have a lot of bandwidth. This all sounds very complicated, but believe me, it's not. If, you, if you're going through this article step by step, you'll see that it's it's really not that difficult to do. Kirk's laid everything out very clearly. Yeah. Now, this is really interesting, not only for running Windows, but if you want to run Linux on your Mac just for fun or because you really need to run a Linux distribution, this is a really good free tool. I mean, I was really impressed again because Josh had me so worried that this was I was going to have to go into the command line with all sorts of weird things. So one thing to add, and I wasn't able to try this out, is that when you get to the operating system screen on UTM, when you're creating a new virtual machine, it also says Mac OS 12 Plus. And this is a problem, and I know some software developers who have to keep multiple Macs with various operating systems. I didn't try this, but presumably you're going to be able to install your own virtual machines for Mac OS Monterey or later. Part of this is because Monterey 
it can run on an M1. So if you do want to run Monterey and Ventura, but you don't want to install them on the same Mac, this could be a good way to do it. I'm going to try this out with the latest Ventura betas and see how well it works. And I'll check back in a week or two and let people know, because it could be useful to run the beta without dedicating a computer to the next operating system. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then, of course, once Ventura is publicly released, it's definitely recommendable to upgrade to Ventura because then you're going to get all the benefits of, you know, new security improvements in the operating system and so forth. And then you might actually want to virtualize Mac OS Monterey, if there, if you have a reason to still test software, for example, with the older version of the operating system. Okay, so there's links in the show notes to the first article, which is how to run Windows on an Intel or M1 Mac, and then how to run Windows 11 for free on an M1 or M2 Mac using UTM. If you need to run Windows on your Mac, this will solve your problem. Just one note, UTM is free if you download it from their website. You can purchase it from the Mac App Store for $10. Now, the advantage of purchasing it is you do get the automatic updates from the Mac App Store. There is no check for updates in the UTM app currently. You have to go to a GitHub link and find out if there's a new update. And you're also helping to fund the project. So if you really want to use this, maybe spend the 10 bucks. It will be probably easier because you'll get the automatic updates. 10 bucks isn't a lot to run Windows because Windows is free anyway for now. Okay, Josh, until next week, stay secure. All right, stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com.